Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. So, Tim, the question for today is, why don't pastors talk about hell anymore? Yeah, they're wimps, man. <laughs> they're, they're wimpy. That's the only explanation is, well, if they were more manly, they'd talk about hell more. I mean, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you mean? You, you have to be manly to be able to talk about hell consistently? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think it's a matter of consistently. They just never talk about it. Like they literally, I, I mean, oh, so I, it's not even a matter of like, hey, they just mention it once every six months. It's just, like I don't a, know. You I don't mean, ever I mention it. Yeah. I, do, can you, do you, can you think of very many sermons that you've heard where a pastor has talked about hell at all? I mean, my past, you and, and our other pastor. I mean, all right, but b- beyond that, I mean, <laughs> this wasn't meant to be a pat ourselves on the back moment. <laughs> no, the point, the point though is just, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that has gone out of fashion to talk about hell. It's and definitely it, not. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know many people that are, um, I mean, you don't, you don't get very many sinners in the hands of an angry God kind of messages anymore. And in fact, I mean, I think in the minds of many people, it's almost immoral to talk about hell. It's almost, I mean, it really, um, you know, one, one of the things that happened is, I mean, I think for me growing up, it was very common for pastors to, I, I wouldn't say very common, but it was much more common for pastors to talk about hell. But then one of the things that happened is that, you know, you had the hellfire and brimstone preachers and we, we really don't have any of those anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not a thing anymore. Uh, but what happened was you had a lot of the, um, a lot of the progressive types uh, type of Christians who essentially were um, debating that topic of hell. And then the Orthodox position was basically to say, yes, we believe in a literal hell. That's what we believe in. But then at that point, it feels like there was a transition that happened to where if anyone mentioned hell at all, it was just to show that they were orthodox. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They didn't believe in annihilationism. They didn't believe in you know soul sleep. They didn't believe in um, um, universalism or whatever else. So they didn't they didn't believe that hell was simply you know some kind of separation from psychological separation from God or something like that. They 
what what happened is there was a transition point where people used to preach on hell as if it were an actual reality, a terrible place that you know a, where the worm dies not, um, and the fire is not quenched, and where there would be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. There was a point where people talked about that as a motivation to turn to Jesus. You know, uh, mm-hmm. who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, to where you had preachers who sounded more like John the Baptist who were talking about that kind of thing. And then, you know, at a certain point, then you had all the debates on whether or not it was real. And then the Orthodox theologians, from that point on, it seemed like whenever they mentioned it at all, they were just defending their Orthodoxy with it. And now we're kind of at a point where pretty much no one ever talks about it at all, Mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you even have people, uh, I mean— you you always has peop had people who would teach some sort of heresy about it not existing, right? I, but then I think now it seems at least it seems like it's more popular than ever to be a Christian who doesn't believe that there is an actual hell, right? And I, and I think a largely um, th- there's um, it's very popular right now. But then I think what's happened to keep pastors from talking about it is. Uh, a bunch of other things. And so with the secret sensitive movement that's happened in the church, one of the things that's happened is that essentially the church service was tailored to make unbelievers feel comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, the, the vast majority of your popular big name evangelical types, they really have embraced like a gospel of niceness, essentially, that the way that we're going to win people over is we're going to be winsome and nuanced and, you know, good faith and all that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're gonna do, and so then like what's hap- what's happened though is that you I can't think of any of those guys who would ever talk about hell, and the reason why they'd never talk about hell is because they've accepted like some perspective of Jesus that Jesus was just unfailingly nice, and really the idea of preaching like about hell is it's about as you know abrasive of a way of evangelism it's abrasive way of encouraging someone to convert as you can possibly get. And so there hasn't been some decided decision from big name evangelicals that we're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is that they've ad- adopted certain assumptions that make it to where they can't talk about that and they don't even know it. D- does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you believe that the way you win people over is by fundamentally being nice to them and then you don't have any place for talking about hell. But then that the problem is that the Bible talks about hell over and over and over again. And I mean, it really is an awful place. And you have to understand that there is great um, temptation that you face to not reflect on ultimate realities in general. So we like to pretend like that we're not going to die. Yeah. And we like to live in this, you know, like we're like ostriches, you know, burying our head in the sand, pretending we're not going to die. But then not only that, like the most, like if death is an uncomfortable topic to think about and talk about, what's vastly more uncomfortable to think about and talk about is that after death, if you are not in Jesus, you're going to spend eternity forever burning in like a fire, you know, uh, where the worm dies not. And right. you're going to spend the rest of your life, you know, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and there will be no relief. It will be forever, you know. So that kind of thing is a sobering reality that really does get at the nature of the kind of faith that we actually have as Christians is to say that we believe in that, um, that that's real and that not only is that real, but God's just and that that awaits people. And I think we just want to pretend like 
um, by and large, it's not going to happen. Well, it's really sad too, because when you, when you have the sort of, you know, um, when you have this sort of like, let, you know, let's win them over with niceness, right? right? When you have that sort of approach, what you end up doing is like you said, you end up, you end up sort of neglecting certain doctrines like, um, you know, hell and the fact that it's even real, for example, but, but what you end up losing when you neglect, when you neglect, um, teaching on hell is really, you sort of lose the need for the gospel in the first place. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if you um, tell people, if your gospel message is you're wonderful and you're you know good looking and charming and God loves you and he's just infatuated with you and all that at some point, you know, people have been told that their whole life and that's kind of your right. point, right? Yeah. I mean, basically you get to a point where it's, where it's like, well, why do I need forgiveness? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, like my teacher tells me I'm wonderful. My parents tell me I'm wonderful. Society tells me I'm wonderful. Everyone in society has been trained that they must praise me and tell me that I'm amazing. And so then you add God to the list. It's like, what? What's the big deal, right? Right. Why do I care? Right. Yeah. You you lose the like. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say before. You know, you can't have good news without bad news, right? right? And and. Uh, I think in this in this sort of scenario that is true. I mean, the gospel basically is pointless if if there is no if there is no condemnation for our sin, if there is no um, you know penalty uh, that is death and eternal death for our sin. So when you when you lose that, then you lose. I mean, the need for the gospel in general. Now, obviously, we need we need the gospel. We needed Jesus to die for our sins, but that only makes sense if you believe that you're actually going to go to hell for your sins. If if the wages of sin is actually death and a literal death that, you know, you die for eternity basically. Right. Um, and but then not only that, when when you neglect when you neglect these things, you I think you do end up with um with a lot more people who believe these different types of heresies because they sound good and they tickle the ears. Right. And so Paul, um, you know, he warns the Ephesians over and over and over again to, uh, he, he warns the elders there to stay on guard against false teachers and wolves. Right. And I think, I think part of, you know, obviously what that's meant to, what that's meant to do is protect the flock from being devoured by false teachers, right? And um, and being basically led astray by these various false teachings. And so when you when you neglect teaching on these things, really you're opening you're opening yourself and your your flock up to you know false teachings like um, like you know hell isn't real, for example, or all people are going to be saved, right? Which is universalism. Um, and so, so basically all that to just say when you, when you, when you neglect to teach about hell and, and realize and recognize that, it, you know, this is an important thing to talk about, recognize that Jesus talked about hell way, way, way more than he ever talked about heaven and with good reason, then we should want to do the same thing yeah. uh, because not only does it help people understand, you know, just how much they need Jesus to to um, you know, pay the consequences of their sin, but it also protects people from believing. I mean, I mean, foolish, foolish ideas that are created by men. 
Yeah, I mean, the more that you try to tone down this topic, the more that what what you get is you get a bunch of people who are attaching themselves to the church, not because they fundamentally see themselves as a sinner, as object of his wrath. Uh, you have a lot of people who are attaching themselves to the church because they're using the church as some kind of social club. They're using it to build mm-hmm. network. You know, they're um, looking at it to be um, to minister to them and their need, or to build their self esteem, or whatever else. But I mean, the, the biblical message is that. We are sinners, we're objects of, of God's wrath, and if we are not found having his righteousness attributed to us as a free gift, there is a horrible you know, fate that does await all of us, and we need more people who are willing to say that, you know, and I and and you know, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear more pastors go there. And I and I'm it it, it is troubling to think that even solid pastors really like that's probably one of the last things that you could you could imagine them ever talking about, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even your faithful guys out there, and 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 I think that that tells you a little bit about how influenced we are by the spirit spirit of the age, and even subtle ways. Uh, the fact that you have very few pastors. I mean, I can't tell you. I I can't remember the last time I've heard anyone talk about this subject ever. ever. Yeah. Like any 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 pastor, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't even think of a sermon I've heard on it. Right. You're right. It's that uncommon. And I think one of the things that's happened is that the, you know, the, in, the liberals won, right. They just won in a different way than we realized we'll all sign off on it, on our statement of faith, but they won in that they got us embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's sad overall, but so is the, is the answer just, what's the answer? Talk about <laughs> hell more, right? <laughs> Jesus talked about a lot. So I think we should, if we're going to be faithful, we need to, we need to make that our go-to, you know, is to sound only like pastors. So like, I mean, we've, we've no, just I think been everyone, speaking yeah. in terms of, no, you know, messages. I, yeah, I think, yeah, you want to be like Jesus and talk more about hell, figure out how to do it. You know, <laughs> when you share the gospel. Yeah. When like, you share the gospel, make that right. your go-to is that you talk about hell, not making it your go-to that you talk about you could have a relationship with Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever, like you could have a personal relationship with him, you know, like make your go-to that. No, like that's, that's a part of it. And it's a big part of it. What that's if it part. seems like that drives a lot of people away? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, um, that it will, but you know, it didn't concern Jesus. Jesus like looked at the crowd and he knew what was in them, right? Yeah. He knew what was in their heart and he drove a lot of people away too. So that's fine. But I think what you do less of is you get less of false converts where people are attaching themselves to the faith mm-hmm. who don't even know what they're attaching themselves to. Right. You get more, what you do is you make the lines clearer. Okay. All right. Fair enough. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.